Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we learn about a Bible topic, character, or concept. And today we're learning about the role of the Holy Spirit as we study the sermon, Missing Persons. Without the Holy Spirit, without God in it, you just don't have the same benefits. You can be going through the motions, doing all the exact same things, but without that real guidance from the Holy Spirit. God has poured out every spiritual blessing in heaven. Everything possible that God could give, He has given us. The way He imparts spiritual gifts is that everyone gets something different, which means that you alone can't do everything. It's sort of a natural way to remind you that actually giving me the ability to do them. Hi, my name is Christopher, and ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. First of all, actually, Happy New Year, and welcome to the very first episode of the After Simon Podcast in 2019. What a... how amazing is this? And guys, do you know what episode we are up to? We are up to, drumroll, Episode 32. Wait, you want me to say Milestone. 32. Yeah. Whoa. 32, whoa. We are up to... 32 episodes. That's good. That's a uh, that's a lot. And, well, we have a lot planned for you guys in 2019. And, well, now that I think about it, I should introduce my guests. We have, of course, Mr. Michael Godfrey. Hello. Happy New Year. And, of course, Mr. Mitchell Sunter. Hello. Happy New Year. <laughs> and speaking of the New Year, I wanted to ask you guys, did you have any New Year's resolutions that you made at all? Oh, Michael, you go first. Uh, all right, this is a good question. Um, well, it, uh, okay, okay. Uh, do I have them currently, or did I make them? <laughs> did you? Make I feel any? that this needs clarity. <laughs> well, you, you know, I make them every year, and they don't really come to fruition. So, oh. I mean, it's the it's all of the regular things. You know, I want to go to the gym this year. Does <laughs> you know? We'll see how it's going. Um, or I want to eat healthier, or I want to study the Bible more, or. Um, you know, things like that, but nothing really too profound for me. Um, right, Michael is a, a man of simple tastes and a few words. <laughs> In terms of resolutions, <laughs> yes. What about you, Mr. Mitchell? Oh, um, well, this year I decided that I want to put a good effort into uni. And, uh, I don't know, I just thought last year was a good year for uni, but I got distracted uh, by a few, a few things, and so I decided this year I'm going to try and do a bit better than that. Nice, and, uh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's a simple goal, but I hope that, I think I think I think with God's help it'll be achievable. So, yeah. Solid goal. Well, I think for me, I haven't I haven't gotten down and written a list yet because uh, I was overseas for a bit, and I I wanted to do it when I came back home, and since I've been back home, I haven't done it yet. However, comma. I, what I, res I resolved to make some resolutions, <laughs> of which of which I'm sure uh, many will be similar to what you said, Michael. I want to exercise a bit more, uh, make sure I'm more disciplined in my spiritual life, so a few things like that. But since we're talking about the podcast earlier, we as a uh, team, we've decided to come up with some new ways or some new resolutions for you guys this year. So And they are very exciting. Oh, yeah, they are. So what can you expect from the After Sermon podcast and Mighty Warrior Ministries as a whole? Well, we thought we want to give you the best content possible. And so what we'll be doing every month, you'll be getting a new sermon and a new podcast. 
That way we have enough time to make the episodes as good as possible. We can do more research, dedicate more time to them, and also make sure our uploads are more regular. Not only that, but we're also hoping to start putting out videos for you guys. That is right. We want to put out video content for you, not just audio, because as nice as our beautiful voices are, wouldn't you appreciate seeing our beautiful faces? So be on the lookout for those because they will be coming your way very soon. That's right. Like and subscribe. Like sorry, and subscribe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do it. Yes, everywhere. But anyway. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Let's get on into the sermon. We have a really good uh, topic to look at today. One that I think is very relevant for this idea of resolutions. I think this is something that we can apply into all of our New Year's resolutions. And well, I don't want to spoil too much. So with that said, let's get into our quick recap of the sermon, Missing Persons. Jesus has ascended to heaven. The great leader of Christianity has left, and yet the movement is thriving, not only in Jerusalem, but all around the world. People are hearing the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. The sick are being healed, the rich are giving to the poor and the widows, and the entire church is in complete unity together. And every day more people join the Christian community. But this was 2,000 years ago. Why doesn't the modern day church look like this? What or who is missing from our church? Well, the answer to this important question is found in the book of Acts, a story set right after Jesus leaves his disciples and commands them to stay in Jerusalem for a guide, a comforter, and a counselor. And humbling their hearts in repentance and prayer, the disciples expectantly await this mysterious person promised to come to them. Who was this missing person? It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave the early Christians spiritual gifts, the ability to heal, prophesy, to teach and preach. So if we can't see these things in our churches today, could it be an indication that on a corporate level we're missing the Holy Spirit? The Bible shows us that there are two prerequisites needed to have the Holy Spirit. First is humility. God cannot send a helper if we refuse God's help means rejecting pride, politics between church members, selfishness, and rejecting the resistance to obey church leadership. Secondly, we must be in as much unity as possible. Because why would God help a church which is deeply divided and does not accurately represent him? The church must come together in a unity of the admission of the fact that they are all sinners and have a need for Jesus and a desire to proclaim the good news of salvation. When we have the Holy Spirit, there will be a unity in mission, vision, theology, and church growth, and we will finally be able to recapture the same success of the early church. So guys, for you, what was the personal takeaway from this message about the Holy Spirit and its importance in our church communities. All right. Um, so for me, you said you made a really you made a point that you said you made the point a few times in the sermon um, about three thousand people were added to their number, which 
I've, you know, you read that number and you're like, wow, that's a lot mm. of people that's successful. But you don't think about the logistics. Like, you've got 3,000 people that you're, you're you know, probably baptizing. Yeah. And then you've got 3,000 people that are now joining your church weekly. Um, and actually, like, as we hear about in Acts, daily they spent time together, right? So, so like, 3,000 people. What, yeah. what do you do with those people? Where do they go? Um, but the fact that the church was thriving <laughs> with 3,000 people, and that's, anyway, this is the point you made, is that you could not do this with a, an earthly business or an earthly, an earthly you know, plan. Mm. Um, it just wouldn't work. So it's, it's like a bit of evidence in a, in a place that I've never seen before when I've read that, that section of the Bible is a bit of evidence that you know, God was behind this. It wasn't man. Um, and, and so that, that ties in with the whole message about the Holy Spirit is that these people weren't tied together by some man standing at the front of a church speaking. They were tied together because each of them in their hearts had the Holy Spirit. And so, so the church wasn't being led by church leaders, even though they're important. You know, it's not that they're important, but it's important to have church leaders. Um, each, the church was actually being led by each individual having accepted the Holy Spirit into their heart. That's right. And now, uh, isn't it interesting how we can, and I've seen this done, uh, we can go about, um, we can do church, you know, and we can do all of the same things, but without the Holy Spirit, without God in it, um, you just don't have the same benefits. You know, it's just, it's it's just, you know, you can be going through the motions, doing all the exact same things, but without that, um, without that real guidance from the Holy Spirit, and, and that, um, because, I mean, it, it tells us in the Bible, um, we give it to God, you know, and, and I thought that you made that really, really clear with those two points, that it's it's just about us really just simply humbling, being humble and, and, and surrendering, right? Surrendering our will over to God and, and being unified in that as well. You know, not, not saying this is my will and then this is, you know, um, your will and this is like her will and his will. I mean, being unified in mission and purpose, but also being humble enough to say, you know, we're unified in God's mission, not our mission. That that was that was what you really brought out, and um, well, that was what I took away from it anyway. So, yeah, yeah, and well, I think it's interesting what you said there. This idea of humbling yourself to God's will, because if you think about one of the things that really breaks the unity, it's when people come into the church and try and push or force their own agenda. Uh, and if everyone doesn't agree with that, it leads to conflict. In other words, people are trying to get their will done as opposed to God's. So, yeah, I think that's a, a really good observation that you made there, Michael. I think uh, for me, as I was researching uh, this topic, one of the things that stood out to me was the idea that God really, really wants to give his people the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's the way that he dwells in his church today. Mm. But sometimes we make it difficult for him, you know. If we are constantly pushing away God and saying, we're not interested in your help, then God respects that choice and he won't give us the Holy Spirit. He's, he's not going to force, you know, the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. Uh, that's not how it works. But so often uh, we effectively say, yeah, we're not, we're not too interested. I'm more concerned, uh, as you said, Michael, in doing my will, you know, um, and it becomes a thing of pride and arrogance. Uh, and I think, again, that is one of the things that really tears apart uh, a church's unity. 
So I like I like that point that you just made there about like he really wants to give us his spirit because that's how he spends like you know that's how he connects with us. Mm. That's a cool way to think of it, eh? Like he he wants to, he doesn't he doesn't like ask us to do stuff because you know he wants robots that work in a certain way. Mm. He he says you know all of the stuff I say because one that's good for you like you'd prefer it if you lived it. And yeah. Too like I would like to spend some time with you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do really like that because it's true. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they say, "Well, God promises to bless us in heaven. He promises all these things, you know, later in the life to come." But what about right now? I mean, God wants to bless us right now. There are so many verses mm. that you could quote to back that up. The fact that God cares about your life right now and He wants yeah. to meet you and the church as a whole where we're at right now. I mean, His plan, His mission is to get mm. the gospel preached to the whole world. Well, uh, Ephesians 1 says that God has poured out every spiritual blessing in heaven to us. Like, th- And you think about that, you're like, oh, I guess that's a lot. Think about that. Every spiritual blessing, everything possible that God could give, he has given us. And in fact, what I think is sad is a lot of uh, particularly prosperity gospel preachers will take a verse like that and construe it to mean, God's going to give you a Ferrari and God's going to give you a house. And I go, that's missing the point. The physical blessings aren't that great. They're temporary. They're, they're fleeting. It's the fact that God has given us spiritual blessings that are so much more deep and profound and meaningful to the Christian life. It's not a house that's going to give someone, you know, satisfaction and joy in their life. It's the gospel. It's salvation that brings joy into people's lives. So... Uh, I I love, yeah, that idea that God so desperately wants us to give us the Holy Spirit because really, as we'll see, it changes your life. You live completely differently when you have the Holy Spirit in you because now you're no longer doing things in just your effort, which is insufficient. Now God is dwelling in you and he is working through you. That is profound. That is massive. Uh, Well, with that, let's segue into uh, our main section of the podcast, the cutting room floor, which of course is where we look at all the bits in the sermon that were relevant but didn't quite make it into the final cut. And so now we're going to expand on this topic of the Holy Spirit and unity uh, a bit more. And first of all, I want to look at this topic of the balance between unity and individuality. Because really what we see here in Acts 2, it's actually the reversal or uh, fixing up the consequences of Genesis 11. Does anyone know what Genesis 11 is? Hmm. Um, I feel that it's the Tower of Babel. Bingo. God confuses the languages in Genesis 11, and here it's as though he's again, fixing uh, that language barrier in Acts 2. He allows the disciples to speak in other languages that they didn't know. So now that uh, gap is bridged, now there's a unity again. God brings order. Uh, But in the church today, we actually have a lot of issues in which individuality can and probably should be expressed. Uh, these are called matters of adiaphora, 
or Adiaphora. Uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we've actually done another podcast uh, completely on this topic. If you're interested, go to uh, ASP episode 21. Uh, I'll see if I remember to put a link in below in the description. We look all about this. But the idea is that there are certain topics where, you know, it, it's not, some things aren't necessarily morally good or morally bad. They're just kind of, eh, they're, they're just something nothing. They're, they're, they're non-issues. But each person will have a different response based on their conscience. Now, if everyone has a different opinion on these, you know, so-so issues, how do you maintain unity in the church if everyone has a different opinion? Because it's a difficult thing, right? If everyone's got different views, it makes it difficult for unity. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. You kind of stumped me there. I'm just going to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was taking a minute as well. Well, um, oh, yeah, go ahead, Michael. I think... Oh, well, I think it's important to be um, aware of the fact that we, like, individuality is, that's, um, mm. it's important. Um, and it's also unavoidable. You know, we're not carbon yes. copies of each other. <laughs> we're all unique, right? We've got unique, <laughs> unique personalities, unique um, interests, unique, uh, every, everything about us, you know, is, is unique. And, and yeah. God created us that way for a reason. Um, so the, the challenge, but also... Um, it's a challenge to be unified because we bring different things to the table, but it's also a blessing because, again, we bring different mm. things to the table, if that makes sense. Different strengths, different interests, uh, that we can all work together and, um, to achieve a common goal is actually, um, well, it's, it's, not only, um, it's not only more impressive because we are individuals, but it's also yeah. more powerful. I think You're one right. of oh. the... Oh, sorry, go for it, Mitchell. Well, um... A quick point I had was, I guess, you know, not everyone, you're thinking about just normal society, like not everyone does the same job. There's some people that um, work as teachers, some people, you know, work as cleaners, some people work as uh, our own nurses, um, and then you've got people that work as artists and um, as singers and all that sort of stuff. Like, um, and we need everyone, because... Uh, yeah. Like you think about think about singers. Um, it's something special that to have songs you can listen to, um, and it's a, I guess it's a different type of service. It's not like a a typical like necessary service, but in a way it kind of is necessary. Like it's good to have music. Um, and I look at it, it surprised me actually. Mm. Like I mean the Bible confirms this because King David when he was setting up I think it was King David. Yeah, when, when the tabernacle was being brought into Jerusalem, um, he was setting up people to have different roles surrounding the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. And one of the roles was he just appointed some people mm. to sing in front of the Ark. Um, and their job, their job out of all Israel was to sing and sing praises to God. And like that was a service. Mm. So, um, yeah, like, you know, everyone's got something different they do and... They all work together to, yeah, as Michael was saying, like it's just, they all work together and everyone needs a different... Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, Mitchell, you've touched on the idea of spiritual gifts, that uh, 
God through the Holy Spirit has given people uh, different, we call them spiritual gifts, you could say, like abilities to fulfill certain tasks. Um, so let's go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll get to read a little bit there more about what are the specifics of spiritual gifts. Like, for example, what are examples of it? Uh, what are they supposed to be used for? Who gets these spiritual gifts? We'll get all of these answers in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And Michael, would you be able to read for us verses 4 through to 11? No worries. All right, so I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4. Um, this one's from the New King James Version. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, to another the work of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so what are your immediate observations from reading that text? What, what were some things that stood out to you? All right, well, it, it says there are lots of spiritual gifts, and it says we don't have the same ones. It says God gives, in verse 7, it says um, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So what it's saying is we each have individual mm. gifts, spiritual gifts, that are different from other people, but they all work together for the greater good, I suppose, which is according to God's plan. Because it says in the last verse, um, God distributes the gift, spiritual gifts, to each one individually as he wills, not as we will. Mm. Uh, isn't it interesting as well that the gifts are supposed to be for the benefit of all? The, these gifts aren't supposed to be done in isolation. Uh, my music teacher, he used to tell us, if you can be the best piano player in the world, but if you only ever play the piano in your basement you've wasted your gift. You might not as well have even learnt piano. The idea of music is that you share it with other people. And if you excel at your, you know, your craft, share that with others. Otherwise, doing it in isolation is useless. Uh, and in the same way, the Holy Spirit here gives these gifts for the benefit of the church and its ministry and its functioning. You know, the, the spiritual gift of preaching or teaching or tongues or you know healing you can, it doesn't matter doing that for yourself you know it they're not useful in isolation they have to be done in the church community and in fact um i think people need to be cautious uh in saying so i i know some very good people who have uh with good intentions made comments such as you know Going to church isn't necessary as long as you have a relationship with God. But one of the key functions of a Christian is to use their spiritual gift. 
And the only way they can do that, really, is in the church body. Or at least that's the way that God recommends for us to do it. God says, your spiritual gift is for the edification or the building up of the church. Uh, so it's a really important to understand that spiritual gifts are a church thing. It's a church community thing. Uh, Mitchell, would you be able to read for us in the same chapter, verses 29 to 31? Um, so starting in verse 29 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Um, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Okay. Uh, I like how uh, Paul lists all the gifts there. And interestingly, you know how he says, I recommend to you a greater gift? Mm. Does anyone know off the top of their head what 1 Corinthians 13 is famous for? Um, love, right? It's a love chapter. The greatest gift that Paul talks about is love. And really, what does love do for the church community? I guess it's a focal point for all the other gifts. Mm. I think uh, it brings unity together. And as you said, Mitchell, it brings like focus and clarity because, again, you're using your gifts for other people. You're... You're expressing love to others by using those gifts. Hmm. That's, that's cool that he. Um, uh, it's cool that he builds it up, like builds up the gifts, and then he goes. Yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah. Up, goes on to the next chapter, and he writes a full chapter about. Yeah, but all these gifts, they may sound great, they may be great, but mm. if you don't have love, they're not actually for a purpose. Yeah. And I like the fact that love is the, the spiritual gift that every Christian can have. To, to some is given teaching, to some evangelism, some are apostles. But the gift that Paul says that everyone should aspire to have is love, which I think is uh, really uh, a good kind of mission statement for the Christian. Our, our goal is to use the gift of love. And again, this can only be done through the Holy Spirit. Uh, so what I would recommend for our listeners at home, uh, online there are actually a lot of, uh, I suppose, te tests or quizzes that you can take to figure out what your spiritual gifts are. And we'll put one of those uh, in the link below. But also I'd encourage you, ask other people around you what they think your spiritual gifts are because they're the ones who get to observe you they are the ones who are probably in the best position to tell you what you are good at. So if you want to know what your spiritual gifts are, so you know how to better serve in your church, pardon me, take a test, ask other people, and examine, honestly examine your heart in prayer as well. And I think you'll, uh, God will show you, you know, where he wants you to go in uh, your ministry. Uh, now, does anyone know uh, what personality type they would describe themselves as? 
Ah, well, <laughs> it it would depend, wouldn't it, if we're talking about the Maya Briggs personality test, right. then... Hit, hit me up with yes. some Maya Briggs. For anyone who doesn't know, that's called the the 16 personality <laughs> test. That's else, right. That's right. You should, know, um, that's also, like, been the talk of our, our, like, friend group for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good topic. We we have a friend we have a friend um Jai. Jai's been on the podcast a few times. He's studying psychology um and yep, very big into personality types. <laughs> Got us all talking about it for years, raving. So, um, so Michael, what are you? All right. Well, these letters probably won't mean anything to anyone who doesn't understand, but I am ENFP or INFP, it really depends. Okay, so just um, just describe to us what each letter means. Yeah. All right, essentially You've got your E versus I, that's extroverted versus introverted. That's probably the one that makes the most sense to people that haven't heard of it. So extroverted, I like being with people. Um, everyone likes being with people, but I, you know, I recharge by being with people. I like being in you know, big groups of people. Whereas introverted, I like to keep to myself and reflect a little bit more. I'm less inclined to be the life of the party. I'm more inclined to be kind of on the edges, near the wall. Hmm. Not always, of course. You know, you can definitely have a close group of friends where you... um you are very outgoing and you can still be introverted, but um, that's generally generally the gist of it is introverted people prefer to have time to themselves to think and reflect and extroverted people just can't get enough of other people. Cool. Right, that's only the first letters. And okay, then, let's go a bit quicker. Just give, yeah, us the words. Um, give us lightning round. <laughs> lightning round, okay. Um, then you've got your N versus your S, that's intuitive versus sensing, that's basically the way that you interact with your world. Are you really in touch with your senses or like concrete stuff or are you more in your head, like thinking things through in your mind, daydreaming, that type of thing. Not daydreaming, but reflecting, a lot of a lot of that stuff. And then you've got feeling versus thinking, how you make decisions. Are you really logical with your thinking or do you really just tap into your emotions and you think, I'm going to go with what my heart says on this? And then the last one's judging and perceiving, which is basically organization. Are you really organized? Do you have everything down to a T? Or are you like me? Me, my P stands for procrastinating, not perceiving, because that's just, that's, you know, I, I, I did a sermon on that, so go check it out. Episode three, um, our first Christmas special. <laughs> that's the one. But basically just, uh, um, the best way I can describe that is, uh, if, you're a, if you're a P, then you're spontaneous. You know, nothing is really planned, or very few things are planned, you're very spontaneous, you just anything goes really Jay just can't stand it, you know. You have to have a plan, otherwise it's just stressful. It's just chaotic. Mm. So there's your four letters. There we go. So that's a, a very popular uh, way that a lot of people have described the personalities, but I think uh, we would all be comfortable in saying it, it's not an exact science. I think the more you research, the more you research the Maya Briggs, you re the more you realize it's it's got quite a few holes in it. It's not perfect. Uh, there's been proposed the, the four the four different types, but I think, uh, despite the fact that, you know, there are these kind of flawed theories out there, I think everyone can at least, you know, we can intuitively recognize there are different personalities, you know, uh, whether you want to, you know, categorize them into letters or into four groups, whatever it is, we can identify that there are just different people with different personalities. Uh, and I think perhaps the, the one that I've seen that I would say is the most biblically accurate uh, is done by the NCD. Uh, the for people who may not be familiar, that stands for the National Church uh, Development Group, I think. And they do a lot of 
uh, testing to see how churches are done are doing on, spiritually. Uh, and the way that they've uh, come up with it, this is in particularly uh, in reference to spiritual gifts as well. The concept is if everyone is made in God's image, then naturally we should reflect uh, different parts of who he is. And so they've proposed uh, three different personality types. The first is called green. This is God the Father. And these are people who have an emphasis on justice and mercy, on protecting other people, uh, and ha really love accumulating wisdom and knowledge. Then you have reds, uh, who are signified by Jesus, and they have more of an emphasis on evangelism and discipleship. And then thirdly, you have the blues, uh, represented by the Holy Spirit. They're more concerned with emotional and spiritual health, spiritual discernment, uh, and discipling, uh, and sorry, spiritual disciplines. And so, uh, again, this is probably, you know, not an exact precise model. But if you can uh, use it in a way that is constructive, you, what you begin to see is, again, this idea of the fact that God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they each have different functions and different roles, as we see here, but they act in complete unity with one another. And in the same way, different people in God's church will reflect more so, you know, different aspects of God's character. But ideally, the church is to come together in the same unity. That's cool. It's so like just a, to wrap our heads. It's like a little parable. That's cool. Yeah, it is. So just to kind of wrap our heads around this concept, I'm going to throw out a few Bible characters, and I want you to tell me whether you think they're green, red, or blue, or maybe they're like a, a combo, a green, red, or a blue, green, or whatever it is. So what do you guys think Mary Magdalene would be? Um, uh, what was the last one? Blue. A blue yeah, yeah, I feel like, I would feel like blue as well. Yeah. yeah. Emotional, spiritual health, discipling, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What about Moses? Oh, he's Moses. A, he's a, a, a green, right? He's, uh, a yeah, green, I feel, yeah, I feel like he's green. I feel like God he's the Father. a bit of a green, but, yeah. But, but, it's quite but protective. Time, like, uh, yeah, no, he's probably, probably green. For me, Moses <laughs> is green. <laughs> okay, what about Peter? Moses cares about the environment. Peter. Um, yeah. Peter. It is a red. Do you feel that he is red? Yep. Yeah. Evangelism, discipleship, like very red, much. Yeah, but mm. I think as well, he, he's got touches of green and blue to him as well, but I'd say he's primarily oh, a red, yeah. Mm. Uh, what about Daniel? Daniel. Uh, gr uh, the last one. Blue. A blue, hey? Blue. I think he uh, also demonstrates a bit of green in that uh, he has an emphasis on wisdom and knowledge. So maybe yeah, he, wisdom and knowledge. Maybe a blue-green, mm. yeah. Mercy as well. Mm. But uh, isn't it interesting, though, that, again, because we're all made in God's image, we all reflect to an extent all of these different aspects. Uh, it's just that primarily some people uh, emphasize other, you know, certain aspects. So ideally uh, what we see here 
is that you need all different types of people to get the job done. To get the church functioning, you need to get all different types of people and personalities. Uh, and again, the, whether this is the, the model that we've studied uh, here is an exact, uh, you know, a precise science or not, uh, could probably be debated. But as I think it can help us to at least begin to contemplate and understand this idea that it's okay for there to be different personalities in the church. We all need those to get the job done. Uh, one example I can think of, I was invited to go to a Bible study uh, with someone. Somebody had been doing Bible studies uh, with this couple for a while, but they were just unable to connect to them. Uh, They'd gone to several studies and they just said to me, I can't seem to connect with these people. And they invited me to come along and I sat down with the couple and we spoke for hours and we really connected. And when we came out, the, the person asked me, how did you connect so well? I've been doing studies with them for ages and I haven't made that. And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and went, I don't know. Uh, I guess we just clicked. But then I've also had other occasions where I've tried so hard to make a connection with someone and it just hasn't worked. And then I've asked someone, hey, would you be able to, you know, talk to this person about some more spiritual things? Boom, instant connection <laughs> made. And I go, what? how did I, you know? But it's just because we didn't quite click. Our personalities didn't quite work. Uh, you need different personalities to reach out to like-minded people, right? You know, um, I don't think I would be super keen to have a Bible study with an extrovert, someone who is, sorry, Michael, but. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's okay. I'm not extremely extroverted. I'm no, kind of yeah. more on the line. <laughs> but if it was somebody who had a very big personality and was very extroverted, I'd be very shy, you know, I'd be intimidated. But if, uh, you know, if I was also an extrovert, extroverted person, maybe that would really appeal to me. So. I think it's uh, really cool that each person is unique and different. There's an individuality there, and yet we have a unity in our purpose of how we use our uniqueness, our different spiritual gifts, and our different personalities. We use them to have a unified mission and vision. Um, and and oh, just to conclude, that, oh yeah, Mitchell, with go that for bit, it. like you were talking, before, Michael was talking before about the point you made in the sermon about humility, like. In order to, in order to like, get the Holy Spirit, one of the prerequisites is humility. Um, the funny thing about that is yeah. that you know, <laughs> prerequisite indicates something you can earn or like something you need to achieve before you do something. But in this case, mm. you can't earn humility. Like it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah that's but, true. But, like the the natural way God set it up is that um, we don't get. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The way he imparts spiritual gifts is that everyone gets something different, which means that you alone mm. can't do everything. So yeah. with, when you when you go around about life trying to do everything and you encounter like ninety things you can't do, or you know, nine billion things you can't do, <laughs> um, it just it's sort of a natural way to remind you that, oh well, hang on, maybe the things I can do good are only because God's actually given me the ability to do them, and so why should I be proud mm. of that? Yeah, that's very true. Good point. I think if we're honest with ourselves as well, would we really want to be burdened with every single spiritual <laughs> gift? 
that would be so much. That's so much responsibility. Yeah. And it would take up so much time. It would be unsustainable. You know, we're human. We can only do so much. One so of the, God gives us a few. Probably one of the unspoken aspects of Jesus' ministry is that he did have all of them. And so he had that responsibility. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's a really cool thought, actually. Yeah. So finally, uh, as we just kind of wrap up, uh, I want to look quickly at three other ways in which the Holy Spirit brings unity between people that I don't think you see in any other organization. Uh, the first of this, these is in race. Uh, listeners at home, if you want to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, that is an amazing verse. Uh, we won't read it here, but I encourage you to. The, the main principle of the verse is that humanity, we create these dividing walls between each other. Uh, and for the people at the time, it was the Jewish people of Jesus' time. They had made a, a border around themselves and everyone outside of that, they were Gentile. They were heathens. They were pagans. The Jews wouldn't even eat with the Gentiles, you know, they wouldn't go into someone else's home if they weren't Jewish. And Paul says that here comes Jesus, and as he dies on the cross, what he does is he tears down these arbitrary walls that humans have made. Mm. Um, th there's these two great phrases I've heard. The first is, the footing is equal at the cross. When everyone comes to the cross, there's no one who gets to be higher or lower. Uh, I like it. Salvation is for everyone and no one gets to say, well, I earned my salvation, so I'm higher, yeah. you know, no one gets to do that. And another, another really good equalizer is the Sabbath. Uh, if you think about the Sabbath law, go back to Exodus 20. It says every man and woman, every, your manservant, your maidservant, even your animals, even the stranger in your gate, a foreigner, people who aren't Jewish, they all get the Sabbath off. Everyone gets the Sabbath off. So it's another reminder that God sees everyone equally, both Jew and Gentile. Uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, when I came back from overseas recently, um, we were treated so well in these foreign churches. These people had never met us before, but they embraced us with open arms. Uh, they invited us to their homes for, for lunch. They took us around the city. We were really embraced because we had a unity in Christ. And we weren't that interested, really, in, you know, being a different nationality. Uh, in fact, we, you know, enjoyed talking about it, asking questions about each other's cultures, you know. But it was never something that divided us. Um, now, uh, Mitchell, I know you've had some experience... Uh, in churches overseas as well. For example, we went to uh, a church in Lombok, Indonesia. What were your uh, impressions of when we visited there? Yeah, and um, that said, even even like other churches in Australia, it's funny. It's funny going into an Adventist church anywhere else other than your home church. Um, yeah, like, as you're saying overseas, um, and yeah, like out west or here or anywhere. Um, the, the people, there's a funny similarity between them all. Like, no matter mm. where you go, it's just like, oh, that's weird. This is my culture group. 
what's, what's going yeah, on there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah, it just, there's something that connects us all. Um, yeah. It might, it might be the name, but it might be something more, and maybe, hopefully it's something more. Um, but yeah, mm. it's cool. It's just this funny sense that when you walk into a, into there, you, you, you know you belong there. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, is one of the most unique experiences that a Christian has. And I don't think you could probably find that in any other organization. You know, you can just go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country, and just kind of feel at home and welcomed by people. Mm. And I think it's particularly important in our society at the moment, uh, particularly as you look in uh, the United States, from from what uh, we see, at least from the media that we can see, the United States at the moment is very much struggling uh, with racial tensions. There's kind of been a resurgence in tribalism between uh, and separating people into groups. It's like, you know, men and women and uh, black and white people have been kind of pitted against each other. And I think it's really sad because Christianity is the antidote to that. Christianity is not concerned about those things. It's concerned about the gospel and just coming together. Uh, Christianity is all about the fact that, again, the footing is equal at the cross and everyone is welcome to come and find salvation. And so touching on uh, gender, in Galatians 3.28, we're told that in regards to salvation, there's neither man nor woman, slave nor free, Jew or Gentile. Everyone is welcome uh, to come into uh into salvation and the equality of genders precisely we see that in genesis 1 26 that's something unique to christianity you don't really find that in any other religion that i can think of um islam nope uh just go read surah 4 hinduism uh unfortunately has a very poor track record with how it treats women in particular widows uh and even judaism Jewish men to this day still pray this prayer every morning. I thank you, God, that you have created me and that you did not make me a woman. <laughs> and I go, what on earth? <laughs> what kind of a prayer is that? You're not allowed to pray that. You know, like, perhaps, perhaps, uh, perhaps I'm not knowledgeable enough and they're saying, you know, thank you, God, for making me a man because obviously the plan that you had for my life was for me to be a man. Uh, you know, like, that's not a bad thing to say. You know, you can say... I'm happy to be a man because God made me that way. But I get the feeling that that's not what they're saying. I get the feeling that they're thanking God for a different reason. It, does, it doesn't rub very well with um, the, the standards of equality that God has in that man and woman are made equally. And then finally, uh, the Holy Spirit brings people of all different age groups together. Uh, we have all throughout the Bible, young people, you have... Samuel, David, the 12 disciples, Josiah, Jeremiah, Timothy, all these people are invited into ministry at a young age. Uh, you have people in their middle age, Joseph, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, and then you have more elderly people like Abraham and Sarah and Moses. God is willing to use anyone and everyone. He's given spiritual gifts to everyone. Uh, he has people of all different types of personalities with all different, you know, un unique uh, characteristics. He wants to use them all. And the thing that unifies 
all of these people together is the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing. Pardon me. That's the only thing that can sustainably bring that unity together. Uh, did you guys have any closing comments before we uh, wrap well, up? I've got, a, I've got a quick question. I've got a quick yeah, question. Go for it. So, um, the, the big question on my mind then is we've talked about you know, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit and the need for it and all the rest. But there's a still a burnt, there's mm. still a bit of a question in my mind. It's like I'm not saying this with an answer, by the way. I don't have an answer prepared or you know whatever. It's just a genuine question. <laughs> okay. Just a genuine question. What do I need to do? What do you and me need to do? Because um, like that, you know, having the Holy Spirit in the church starts with you and me, right? It starts with yeah. me personally getting on my knees and saying, "God, I need help." Um, mm. Well, how can we, so, so basically, I don't know, how can we do it? How can, I don't know, maybe, maybe just a, a couple ideas from each of us. How can we do it? Individu uh, uh, individually or, or on a church-wide scale? Well, I think it starts individually, so maybe on an individual level. Okay. Well, what are your thoughts, Michael? Okay, well... Uh, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> You're very generous. Uh, I think you've, uh, you've kind of summarized, uh, quite aptly already, Mitchell, uh, just in posing a question, uh, what it is on an individual level, it really just has to come down to prayer. And I think the emphasis has to be on humility. Um, if we are too proud that we don't think we need the Holy Spirit's help, we deprive ourselves of his guidance. Uh, we have to have the humility to say, God, I don't know enough. My effort isn't enough, but with you, I can maybe, you know, do this task. And if, if it gets accomplished, it's not because of me. It'll be because of you. Cool. Uh, in, or in order to maintain that as well, though, I think you have to have a good devotional life. Mm. Um, because that's really you communicating with God, and that's how God communicates His will to you as well. Uh, it's not enough to just know, it's not enough to just have the spiritual gifts, you have to know how God wants you to use those spiritual gifts. Um, so look to the God's word for guidance, to figure out where it is He wants you to take uh, the spiritual gifts He's equipped you with. And then also, I think you have to be part of a church community. Uh, I said this earlier, but I think it's important to be a part of a church community because that allows you to use those spiritual gifts uh, and it allows you to maintain uh, that relationship that you've created with God because you'll be constantly going back to God and asking for help if you have a need to use those gifts, mm. uh, if that cool. makes sense. It's kind of, it's almost, it's almost the supply and demand. If you, if you need, if you need the gifts, You'll always be going back to God and asking for it. And I think we should ask for it daily as well. So, I don't know, maybe maybe that's not as uh, profound an answer as you wanted, but I oh, think those would be the basics, oh, but it's, I would yeah, say. Awesome. Yeah, well said, Chris. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll build on what you said. Um, yeah, I think the relationship with God, your personal relationship with God is very important. Mm. You know, you can, you can know God... Um, you, you can know God intellectually, but you, you know, um, and, but to have a real impact, you need to know him personally as well. Yeah. Um, and I'll quote you, I'll give you a quote. Um, I'm not going to quote you. Oh. The quote I have for you is, 
Falling in love requires a pulse, but staying in love requires a plan. And basically, the you know what what the quote's saying is is that um, us as humans, you know, it's very human for us to to become invested in things for periods of time, short periods of time, and then to jump from one thing to the other. But this certainly applies to our spiritual life. Um, to have a strong spiritual life, it, it, we require a plan. Mm. You know, we need to be committed. We need to make that time, right? That's it. Um, make that time for prayer. Make that time for, for devotions. Um, really just make that time to connect with God. When you have that personal connection with God, then everything comes naturally. Mm. Um, and um, I, I feel that personally, um, yep, in our, in our churches, if we have that personal relationship with God first and then can, can then bring, you know, that um, to, to our group, to our, to our church groups and then be unified, like we said before, in mission and purpose, um, that's when we're going to see results. That's when we're going to see commitment. Um, not, not commitment, sorry. Um, um, sorry. Um, uh, just say the last line again to just say I can make Yeah, I will, I will, and you can edit it. Yeah, sorry. Um, what was I saying? Um, that's when we're going to see commitment. That's when we're going to see um, a profound impact, not only individually, but as a whole. Mm. Well, thanks for that question, Mitchell. I think that's really a perfect way to summarize what we've talked about because uh, to go back to how we started... Uh, we posited that this would be a very good uh, podcast for our listeners to consider when making New Year's resolutions, right? Where early on in the year, this is the perfect time to decide to create a relationship with God and to ask daily for the Holy Spirit. A goal that we can create mm. is to learn our spiritual gifts, to become involved in our ch church and to strive for unity in our church and, uh, and to be a part of that mission using our individual gifts that God has given each of us. And I hope that uh, what we've just discussed then in that previous question gives our listeners uh, some practical steps of how they can achieve that goal for themselves. So, yeah, I really hope that uh, it's been constructive for you, our listeners, and that uh, that's something you consider as perhaps you are creating your New Year's resolutions. Fine. So, Chris, do you have any... Yes. Any ...things of reading, things of interest, that can be read? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. That I do. You can leave this in, by the way, if you would like. Okay, I Chris, will. Chris, do you have... <laughs> what do you mean you will? <laughs> no, you can, it's all right. I'll give you permission. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Do you have anything that you reckon people want to read? Uh, the two things that I will, am going to recommend, I'm going to call them activities, in fact. Uh, I highly encourage, I'm going to put links in the description below for people to go and take a spiritual gifts test uh, and the NCD personality test. I think if you have a good understanding of both what your gifts are that God has given you and what areas of your personality are perhaps more dominant, whether... Uh, you enjoy evangelism and discipleship or whether you enjoy helping people in their spiritual and emotional journeys or maybe uh, you have a strong uh, desire to see justice in society you know if you I think uh, when you take these tests and you get a better understanding of who you are it helps better equip you uh, and enable you to go out and fulfill your ministry and of course 
you know, uh, these aren't going to be the be-all, end-all, don't take them as gospel, but I hope that they put you on the right path, and that with uh, spiritual discernment, with the Holy Spirit's help, these will be constructive and useful resources for you in your ministry, and uh, as you create your goals uh, for the new year of 2019. Okay, well, Michael, where can these good listeners of ours well, find Well, uh, I don't have much recent content, but Michael Godfrey, just on YouTube, um, it'll be linked to the After 7 podcast. It'll be linked to Christopher Peterson, if you find it there. Um, that's a good place to find me, if you're looking. Yep. Mitchell, what about awesome. you? Where can the good people at home and in the car and everywhere else they might be listening from find yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to give you my home address, but <laughs> I'll, that's Duxon. I will say, I will say, you can find me on the Mighty Warrior Ministry website. That's hey. it. Oh, hey, Chris. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I've made some, you know, we've got some friends out there listening. They might want to find out a bit more about what else you've got to share. Where can they find it? Oh, well, they could find us here every month on the After Sermon podcast. And of course, you can listen to our podcast uh, anywhere you get your podcasts from. But also make sure to check out uh, all the articles that myself and all of the other uh, MWM crew have written on MightyWarriors.org. And also, you know, while you're there, just like our Facebook page, you get so much good content there. So much uh, awesome things for you to find out there. Well, look, that's it. <laughs> well, look, and we are very excited as well to um, be unveiling the um, the new year of articles and videos. These short videos that we're going to do as well. Just um, stay tuned. Stay tuned, indeed. Well, look, that concludes today's podcast. We hope that you've been blessed uh, as we've discussed some practical ways that you can. Ask for the Holy Spirit into your life and use the spiritual gifts that he gives you uh, in your church and in your ministries. Look, make sure to come back here in a month for another great episode of the After Sermon Podcast. And with that said, have a good one and good, good night. night. <laughs>